0: The PropCast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PrizePix. Picks. PrizePix Picks is DFS simplified. All you have to do is pick your favorite player over and under to cash in. Head over to prizepix.com and use promo code SGP for a 100% instant deposit match. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. We're also brought to you by SoBet. Sign up to bet against your friends and join the social be- betting revolution at SoBet.io SGPN. That's SoBet.io SGPN. Ross are brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football leagues and bet on the head-to-head matchups. Download the app today or just head to betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Welcome, everyone, to the PropCast NBA Wednesday night schedule, 13-game schedule tonight Uh, in the NBA. We're here to break down all the player props and joining me, as usual, on Wednesday morning. So break it all down as far as player props and awards and conference markets. It's the man that does it both on and off the court for SGPN, as well as the host of his own radio show, Scott Shell. Scott, how are you feeling this Wednesday afternoon, buddy?
1: Yeah, feeling pretty good. Nets somehow won yesterday, so can't really complain. <laughs> kind of picked up some, I don't want to say free money because I had no money on it, but I didn't think the Nets were going to win that game, so I'll definitely take that one to the bank. Pretty entertaining NBA card yesterday. Really not many games, but I did think that at times both games seemed to be extremely either competitive or just really entertaining because the Lakers were just running up and down the court the entire first half. The ball was going out of bounds half the time. It was just complete chaos for about the first 24 minutes. I had a pretty fun time watching the NBA yesterday. What about you?
0: Yeah, that that Nets and uh, Mavericks game, I was glued to for sure. Uh, that was a lot of fun watching uh, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Luca uh, Just going at it, man. Uh, somehow, like you said, somehow, someway, Brooklyn – found a way to win that game and not only win, but also cover the spread down the stretch there. Um, Dallas kind of gave it up in that fourth quarter. They only scored 13 points uh, in that fourth quarter, got outscored 27 to 13, only scored 37 points in that second half after scoring 62 in the first half. So um, great win there for our great comfort behind win there for uh, Brooklyn uh, against this Dallas team. And that, yeah, that Boston game and Lakers game, that was a lot of fun. Also, Jason Tatum, Started red hot in that uh, game against the uh, Lakers. I think he scored like the first fourteen of like sixteen points or something like that. But just on fire from three point land uh, was Jason Tatum. And then, like you said,
1: I had the over. So Malik Monk's three pointer in the last minute did me a nice solid. What was the number? Uh, I was I got it at two seventeen and a half. Yeah, it closed at around Two twenty. Yeah, and the three pointer made it land in two nineteen.
0: There you go. Yeah, that's why you got to beat the number. Bet these uh, totals early. So. Uh, pretty good night for you then, huh? Uh, uh, at least betting-wise, on, on a three-game schedule.
1: Uh, yeah, I definitely was a fan of the over because the last time they played, Jalen Brown didn't play either. Yeah. And that game still landed 238, so I thought two seventeen half was too low. Mm-hmm. It was, barely, apparently. But it became a lot sweatier than I thought it was going to be mm-hmm. because the first quarter had like 64 points. And I thought I was just going to coast at that point. Mm -hmm. And then both teams, I can't even say that it was amazing defense or just awful shot creation, but both teams had several spots in that game where they just couldn't make anything. Yeah. And I'll give the Lakers props defensively. They showed up for about 20 minutes. Where it counted a third quarter and early, early fourth. They showed up then the last four minutes or so. Horton Tucker took that terrible three when they're trying to run out the clock. The Celtics went on a bit of a run there, and the defense kind of gave up after that. But for about say twenty minutes, the Lakers' defense I thought looked really good.
0: Hmm. Lakers had a good, uh, I guess, a good night against this Boston team. But yeah, definitely that was a fun game to watch. Um, the stars were stars did shine in that game, and again, that Dallas and uh, Brooklyn game was fun for sure. I know we were talking offline yesterday, trying to come up with some more. Uh, awards or things to talk about outside of the player props for tonight. And you said you had uh, a rant to say the least about the Eastern conference uh, winner uh, for conference odds winners. So right now, before I let you, uh, I'll give you the floor and let you go on your rant. I will say that let me read off these um, the odds first. So Brooklyn right now is favored at plus plus one thirty to win the Eastern conference, followed by the bucks at three to one. Uh, heat at 6 to 1, sixers at 9 to 1 and then it falls off to the bulls at 16 to 1 and the hawks at 17 to 1. Um so Scott, I will give you the floor here, sir. It is uh our segment. I guess we're going to start to call this segment the Scott's uh Scott Screams. So Scott, go for it.
1: So for this one, I'm going to look at the of course, Eastern Conference winner right now and the Nets are the clear favorites at around even money. It's plus 130, but it's close to it. Yeah. I don't understand these odds at all. And I'm a Nets fan. Like, I I like the fact that a lot of people think the Nets are just automatically going to coast into the NBA Finals. But as you were watching the game against Dallas, yes, they won. Are you really happy with the supporting cast? Are you a fan of Claxton playing late in the fourth quarter and seeing James Johnson need to make big plays down the stretch? Of course not. No. So I don't know why they're plus 130. I get that. You have the outside chance of Kyrie coming back. Sure. Uh, Okay. Good good luck with that one. But you have Harden, who has had a down year. Mm -hmm. He's been okay, but he hasn't been as good as he used to be or has been in the past. Durant's ridiculous. We already know that. Durant's arguably the best player in the league. Either 1A, 1B. You can argue with Giannis, but I do think those are the best two players in the league. But you're comparing that team, which is basically – Harden, Durant, and a bunch of role players to the defending NBA champions in the Milwaukee Bucks, who are three to one, even though the Bucks killed this team in the season opener by about 20. Middleton is finally back. The teams looked really good lately. You still have Holiday. You still have uh, Giannis, of course. So even though I don't know if you can really count Drew Holiday as a part of a big three it's a better yeah. big three than what the Nets are rolling out because the third best player on the Nets is who will Marcus Aldridge? Patty Mills, I think. Patty Mills, maybe. Like, yeah. I don't consider Patty Mills being in a big three to no. constitute <laughs> being a favorite to win the conference. So, Milwaukee at three to one makes no sense to me. I think that they should arguably have the same amount of same odds as the Nets, maybe even be favorites at this point because mm-hmm. I really don't see how the Nets are going to stop Giannis for a seven game series. Yeah. We saw that last year. And I know that you can argue, well, Harden got injured, Kyrie got injured. Yeah, if Kyrie's not playing in this series because he's not playing at all, yeah. then wouldn't it be a similar outcome to what we saw last year? But yeah. maybe that's just me. Miami's 6-1. to one. I'm not sure the Nets would beat Miami either. Uh, Miami beat them in Brooklyn earlier this year. Uh, Miami's a very physical team, play great defense, and I really have a hard time believing that the Nets would easily handle Miami. They might win the series anyway, but mm-hmm. you're looking at 6-1 to one and 3-1 to one with the Heat and the Bucks. I think both those teams' worst-case scenario can push it 6 or 7. So I find the concept of the Nets just expected to run through everybody. Their overall record is good, but every game they play is a sweat in the fourth quarter. The reason why they're not covering these huge spreads yeah. is because every game they play is close. So if you're expecting this team to just coast to the finish line before potentially either winning the title or losing to the warriors or the Suns, et cetera. I don't
0: see it. I think Milwaukee is going to beat this team. I think so too. And I think that, you know, we talked about maybe the supporting cast is not so great either for the uh, Milwaukee bucks, but they're not afraid to make a move at the trade deadline to go out and get another piece. Like they did that last season, by adding PJ Tucker. I mean, you know, we talked about PJ Tucker was good for that one series against, I think it was Brooklyn, but other than that, um, Milwaukee, they're 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 healthy. That's the whole thing about it, right? But they're still missing Dante DiVincenzo. They're still missing Brooke Lopez. They're still missing Semi Ogilvy on this roster. And they're so well, Lopez,
1: Lopez, I don't even know about. Because Lopez might hypothetically be out for the rest of the year. We still don't really know what his status is going to be. Sure. Because he has the back issue. He just had surgery. It's a pretty big deal. So if he comes back, of course, that's another defensive rim presence, which you're going to need. But... It all comes back to the point of, yes, I know that Durant's almost impossible to stop. Yeah. But you saw Giannis in the opener and you saw him in the playoffs last year against the Nets. He's mm-hmm. going to walk into what, 35 and 14 every game? They can't guard him.
0: Yeah, they can't. And they they really haven't done anything to address or try to get someone that's going to attempt to stop him. So, yeah, I agree with you. We were talking offline about this yesterday on Slack. And uh, we said that, hey, that – I don't think I agree with that. Brooklyn should not be the favorite right now, just because they have Kevin Durant and James Harden on this roster. I don't think uh, Kyrie Irving is going to be back for this team uh, this season. I I think he's kind of made that personal choice of not wanting to get vaccinated, not play uh, for this Brooklyn Nets team. Um, But maybe another, another team, Miami heat, or further down the list, do you see anybody else that can contend to win this Eastern conference outside of the Nets and the, and the, uh, Milwaukee bucks and the heat.
1: Well, I know you had a team in mind, so I'll let you do the honors on that one.
0: Yeah, I, I was I pointed out Chicago last night and and I don't think that this is a team. I think you can make a case for them, but I I don't think that they're going to make a run to the NBA playoffs. I mean, they've looked great so far this season. They're 17 and eight. Um, only half a game out now are that first place behind the Brooklyn Nets, but I did like the pieces that they added around Nikola Vucevic and Zach Levine with DeMar DeRozan, who's just kind of, I mean, found his way again, I guess you can say, after the debacle, maybe in San Antonio, who's he's going out and almost scoring 25, 30 points per night for the Chicago Bulls. Alex Caruso, I think he's been one of the better defenders in this entire season, right up there, I think, with Draymond Green. Uh, But he's, you know, he's also out for the Chicago Bulls. Uh, Nikola Vucevic, I think, is the only guy that interior is what kind of scares me about the Chicago Bulls team, because they really don't have anybody to kind of address that defensive presence inside. I think that tonight's going to be a telling story when they play Cleveland Cavaliers tonight, when they have to go up against Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. But Chicago has some pieces. I think they still probably need to add another piece or two on that bench. But when you have guys like DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine who can score at will, and guys that can play defense in your guards with AC and Lonzo ball, I think that's a pretty good, um, pretty good team that can, you know, make some noise in the Eastern conference. I think, you know, for them to be at 16 to one and only half a game behind the Brooklyn Nets, I think that's kind of telling of what the bookmakers are thinking about either the Brooklyn Nets or the Bulls. Kind of want to get your thoughts on the Bulls.
1: I think that the Bulls are going to be a team that might be entertaining for a playoff series or two but I do think the lack of his experience is going to come back to bite them because you're looking at the actual roster here. And DeRozan, I know he's out now, but for the playoffs, he's been in a fair share of playoff series. Mm -hmm. It's not his fault. He had to go against LeBron every year, basically in the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm not going to roast him for it. It is what it is. He lost to one of the best players of all time repeatedly. And then unfortunately for him, Toronto got rid of him and they immediately won a championship because they replaced him with arguably a top, 50 player of all time so I'm not going to (laughs) blame uh DeRozan for that he's one of the best players the Raptors have ever had but I do think his experience helps Levine has I don't believe ever played in in the playoffs before I don't think Vucevic has been in the first round a couple times with Orlando he's the he's I don't think he's ever gotten past five games but he's made it to five games a couple of times yeah so the lack of experience, I think, is going to bite Caruso. Won a championship, but he's a role player. Uh, but you get the point. The yeah. point is that I do think at some point the team's youth is going to come back to bite them. One team I'm looking at, if you want to go for a long shot, it's kind of the team right after Chicago in mm-hmm. the odds. I'm looking at Atlanta. okay, Mostly because they were just in the Eastern Conference Finals, so the most of the team is experienced. Trey Young, with all the foul rule changes, whatever, he's actually been Unbelievable. And I feel like people have kind of assumed that just because his game was so predicated on getting to the foul line, kind of like a Harden, he would struggle once they changed the rules. And he struggled for about a week, and then Trey's gone absolutely nuclear for the last Mm -hmm. like month and a half, and he's been fantastic. Now, the supporting cast, I do think, is a little bit streaky. Bogdanovich has been injured a little bit. Gallinari's always injured at some point. And, of course, they're missing DeAndre Hunter, who's easily their best defender. So I do think that at full strength, assuming Hunter can stay healthy, which is a huge question mark in itself, I do like the pieces this team has. McMillan, I think, is a very good coach. I think 17-1 to does seem a little bit too rich to pass up on. If you expect this team to, A, not shy away from teams that are arguably better than them, which I don't think is going to be, and two... Atlanta has one of the best home courts in the entire league. So I think that if you are able to steal one and get a one game lead in a series, you can trust that team to defend home court most of the time. And I do think that it's 17 to one. If you can defend home court at least 80% of the time in the playoffs, you're going to be in pretty good shape.
0: Yeah. And I mean, last year we saw Atlanta Hawks, like they were not a stranger to going into the opposing team's home floor and stealing away a home court advantage. Like they got it done on the road as well. So uh, one more thing off the Atlanta Hawks, I want to throw out you. we talked about this last week with MVP. I, we kind of feel like that Steph Curry had pretty much almost wrapped it up on barring a significant injury to him, but any value you think on Trey young, if this team does finish number one in the Eastern conference? I think
1: he deserves more consideration than what he's getting. Are they going to finish number one? Of course not. So yeah. I think that it's kind of a moot point. But I do think that when you're looking at the odds here, Embiid is 28 to one. I get that he has looked good when he's played. I have no idea how he's above Trey Young and even DeMar DeRozan, to be honest with you. Because yeah. he's missed what, like half the season? Yep. So I he missed about eight
0: to 10 games. Yeah.
1: So I'm saying I wouldn't even have Embiid within the top 10, just because of how much time he's already missed and assuming he might miss more time because he can't stay healthy. So I know that it was COVID-related, not fully injury-related, but he was battling a knee issue before the COVID anyway. So I think that Young should be, I'd say, closer to the 25 to 35 range. Mm -hmm. I think 40 does sound a little bit disrespectful, but I don't think he's going to win the award. At the end of the day, if Curry stays healthy, he's winning. Yeah. If not, then it's either going to be Durant or Giannis. I do think that Jokic is a fun argument, but I don't think they're going to give it to him back-to-back years, and he also missed time as well. So I don't see that happening. Luka's a lost cause because Dallas is going to be hovering around 500 for the entire season. Kind of similar to Denver because that team isn't very good either. Yeah. So I really see it as a three-horse race. Really one and a half because right now it's Curry. Yeah. But if he gets injured, then I'm assuming just going to Durant.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, it, it's it's a it's a three horse race between Curry, Durant, and uh, Giannis for me. But uh, just curious, the thoughts on Trey Young? Anything else for the Eastern Conference? Maybe any other teams that you want to get in particular that may uh, challenge for to make a run in the Eastern Conference or maybe get to the Eastern Conference Finals?
1: I feel like we kind of covered the basics here. I'm skipping Philly entirely because okay. they bring back Doc Rivers. So that means you already know they're going to fall apart in the playoffs. But <laughs> when you're missing Ben Simmons, I get that people don't like Simmons because he can't shoot. Mm-hmm. But you can just tell by what you've seen from Philly this season, they might win some games against some bad teams. Defensively, they're just not very good. Yeah. Yeah and it it is what it is when you're throwing out Seth Curry I know that he's a good shooter he can't really guard Tybell is kind of I can't say similar to Ben Simmons because the dribbling isn't there and the playmaking isn't there but he's a defensive specialist who can't really do anything on the offensive end so Doc Rivers has tried to kind of limit Tybell's minutes because he can't provide anything on the offensive end but when your backcourt's going to be Shake Milton and Seth Curry I'm not picking you to win the Eastern Conference. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Corkmus. I can't can't forget about Corkmus over there.
0: Yeah, it's a significant drop-off after Joel Embiid, right? Like Tobias Harris, this season has been lackluster, I think I should say, uh, before I start cussing at Tobias Harris. I think
1: that was the concerning part about the Sixers last year is the fact that Tobias Harris was actually reliable for once in the playoffs last year, and they
0: still couldn't even make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. You mean he couldn't do it back to back seasons for the Sixers to buy <laughs> I'm saying um,
1: that he has one of, I'd say pound for pound. Of course, the Wall contracts, a next level one. The Westbrook yeah. contracts, a next level one. In terms of recent max deals, I think it's either him or Gordon Hayward for the worst max contract in the league for healthy players.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, especially that Gordon Hayward one. But he's only, it's what, mass. 30, 30, 30, 32 million? Or did he sign a new contract with the Hornets, didn't he? The Hornets paid him a boatload of money. Yeah, which I up. thought
1: was insane because they got rid of Batum's awful contract just to pay Gordon Hayward all that money. And I don't know what he did on Boston to reserve that contract, but I'm not going to get into a Gordon Hayward rant. The point is, is that Tobias Harris is a guy who's been on multiple teams for a reason, and it's yeah. because he's good. You think there's some upside, and then it turns out he never reaches the upside. And it seemed like in the playoffs, particularly in the first round last year it looked like he finally embraced his potential and then he immediately fell off a cliff yeah so I'm not exactly surprised but he was great against the Wizards and then after that everything hit a wall and if you follow Tobias Harris in his entire career you
0: really shouldn't be surprised yeah I don't think that he's he's a number three at best I think for me on any team that he would you know, be on, on a playoff team, especially like a team like the Sixers. It's going to be interesting to see what kind of transpires for the Simmons situation or if they're just going to play it out. That's what it kind of seems like because the rumors have really kind of died down between uh the Sixers and uh, Ben Simmons being traded. Last bit of news I wanted to get to, uh, Scott, we covered this on the NBA Gambling Podcast this morning, was uh, we saw a report that came out on Monday morning uh, about the Indiana Pacers Uh listening to trade offers for their top three guys between Sabonis, Miles Turner, and uh Kiris Uh kind of surprised to see that Rick Carlisle is the coach and probably now what's going to be a rebuilding team. Possibly maybe leaving after this season if they are going to go fully blow it up. But um, what are you thinking for the Pacers as far as teams or teams that can target some of these players? We had discussed. Uh, Charlotte and uh, Portland as possible destinations for guys like Sabonis and uh, Miles Turner, but I kind of want to get your thoughts on those guys.
1: Well, anybody that can play defense should be a target for Charlotte because they can't stop anybody. Yeah. So I do think that picking up a Miles Turner might help. Turner's the intriguing option for me because Sabonis, we know he's an all-star, whether or not you think he deserved it. He's a very good player. Yeah. Is he a little bit overrated at this point? Probably a little bit, but he's still a very talented player. Brogdon, I really like, but he's always injured. Uh, Levert is a guy who is kind of similar in that aspect. He's very talented, but he's always injured. Turner's also an injury-prone guy, so that's why it's kind of a tricky spot. But Turner is one of the most underrated rim protectors in the entire league. Yeah, And it's because offensively, he only shoots threes. (laughs) So people think of him as being kind of a perimeter guy, but he's a great rim protector. And I think if you want to make an argument for any team that can make a run for him, I don't know if the Lakers can afford him. I think he would be a nice piece to pick up because Anthony Davis is still pretty good defensively. He's clearly not the same defensive player that he once was. He's still above average. Well, well above average, but I do think adding another rim protector that's not named Dwight Howard might help you out Mm -hmm. pretty much any team that has an underwhelming center. I do think should go after miles Turner because even though his he shoots a few too many threes for my liking, he's not totally atrocious at it. Yeah. He can shoot a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I do think that he would help stretch the floor offensively while also being able to help out a defense by being an anchor, quote-unquote. Is he going to get injured at some point? Probably. It's yeah. the way it is. But mm-hmm. I do think that teams like the Lakers, hell, even the Nets, I think, would be a hell of a fit for him because the Nets, when you're throwing at Aldridge, who has really just no lateral movement at all, You're throwing in Claxton, who's about 50 pounds undersized against any quality center he faces. I don't know if the Nets can fully afford him. They picked up a trade exception in the Dimwitty trade, which maybe they could use for part of it. But I really think Dimwitty would be a good fit for a contender who needs some help in the front court.
0: Yeah, I think a couple of teams that we did throughout Charlotte was one of them. Uh, Brooklyn didn't come to mind, but I think that is a pretty good landing spot for him. Uh, we talked about Portland, maybe if they picked up a guy like Sabonis or even Miles Turner, because I am not a Yusuf Nurkic fan. I think he has one of the I, I think hands. that's the worst thing that Portland can do, to We're be honest. one of those guys in.
1: I'm going to shut it down. Uh, the, the way that I would break down Portland, which is actually kind of ironic because I actually talked about this in my YouTube video. Mm-hmm. I like the Warriors tonight. I got them 13 and a half. They're now at 14. Oh, yeah. yeah. But yeah. Portland needs to blow it up. And the longer that you go without blowing it up, the worse you're going to make it long-term. I know Lillard wants an extension, even though he has like three years left, and he wants to play with the Portland until he's like 38. He wants a Kobe contract where he'll get paid 40-something million dollars, take a bunch of really bad shots, and get paid. And that's really how it's going to go. Now, should Portland give it to him? The truth is, I think they should, because what free agents are you attracting in Portland? What's going to sell tickets? You have one guy who, for some reason... Has proven time and time again he would rather be loyal than win because it seems like they are mutually exclusive terms in Portland. Yeah. You've had some success, they're not winning anything. And if you want to just keep it loyal and maybe attract for agents in the future by banking on the loyalty aspect, yeah. I think you pay lowered. Mm-hmm. But you're looking at the core. Now McCollum has an, has an issue with his lung. He's out indefinitely. He might be out for the year. I don't really know what the point is of bringing him back if your team's going to be out of it. Lillard's had an awful year. He's injured too. And what is there to like about your team? You have a whole front office where you threw out the GM for bad work culture. So now you don't even have a GM attachment to the players. You brought in a coach in Chauncey Billups, who I'm not sure the players even like. Yeah. And the roster stinks. So my question is, if you end up trading Nurkic or somebody for a Sabonis, what's the point?
0: That's true. Yeah, you're. I think you're right about that, because they're not going to really contend uh, in this Western Conference. Do you want to
1: keep hovering around a six seed to first-round first elimination? I, I don't know what the point is.
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I, I understand your counterpoint there, but... Um, yeah, definitely. Course, no no see- team
1: wants to blow it up, but the new front office does have a built-in excuse yeah. saying these are the previous regime's players. We want to do it our way. And we can agree if Sabonis ends up on a team, I think you'd probably have to trade McCollum for him or trade yeah. like at least uh, Nurkic and a first-round pick or a couple first-round picks, whatever. Mm-hmm. Do you really want to mortgage part of the future for a guy who's going to help you be a five-seed max? Probably not.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I agree with your counterpoints there. There were just throwing teams out on, on the pod this morning. I was morning, like, Portland but. should be selling. They shouldn't be buying anybody. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It really does. Um, any other things that maybe you want to get to around the league before we get to the player props for Scott?
1: Um, just thinking of some of the names that you just mentioned when it comes to who Indiana could potentially trade. Mm-hmm. The Brogdon one, I kind of just thought it was on the fly. I don't know if Brogdon's officially on the market. I'm assuming he would be because if you are going to trade everybody else, why yeah. wouldn't you also trade Brogdon? Yeah. I think the Knicks would be a hell of a spot for Brogdon. I yeah. think that he answers a lot of problems that this team has because you're looking at a Thibodeau system and we know defense is usually the top priority this year, not so much. Yeah. But the main issue that you ran into is you tried to bring in Kemba and you tried to bring in Evan Fournier, who don't play any defense at all, into a team that prides itself on defense. And of course, yeah. Kemba is now out of the rotation because he was so awful on both sides of the ball. Fournier is a good shooter. He can't guard anybody. So I do think bringing in a point guard who's an underrated defender with some offensive skills, no offense to Alec Burks. I think Burks is a good player. I think he's more of a sixth man yeah. to me. I don't yeah, he's not see starter. him as being a starting Yeah, type of guy. Yeah, I think Brogdon would be a hell of a fit with that team because he would help instill a bit of toughness and a defensive edge that I think this team has been missing. So I think that the Knicks, you you have a lot of young talent. You can maybe ship off an Obi Toppin, somebody like that who I think maybe people are higher on than I am, Mm -hmm. but he's still young. Indiana's going to try to get younger. I'm not saying you should trade quickly for him, but I'm saying that I do think the Knicks have some young pieces that could warrant bringing back a Brogdon who might help stabilize your backcourt.
0: For me, the Knicks. When I kind of look at it, when I kind of pull the curtain back, it's like, who is the guy on that roster that they're building around? Like, I, I, I know they have Julius Randle, but is there a guy that I'm missing on this team that's not tradable at all? Like, no, I your, think that's the point. The like, Knicks yeah. have, like, yeah, the Knicks have fire. decided if we get the role, if we
1: get the role players intact, the free agents will come. Yeah. It seems to me that's the philosophy of it's New York, and everybody wants to play in New York. Mm-hmm. And the ironic part is, you haven't gotten a big free agent since I don't since who Amari Stoudemire because he traded uh, for Melo. You, you didn't even acquire Melo in free agency. Yeah, Melo was a trade, right? So Amari, that, that's that's the last big free agent that you've had. Jeremy Lin, uh, I guess that counts. <laughs> but that that's the point is that the Knicks, either the fan base or the front office, has the illusion that players love to go play in New York yeah. when the Nets have signed more big free agents than you have in the span of the last decade. So I think that's a problem for the Knicks, but they're going to keep riding or dying by the free agency pool. So that's why I think they're not focused on finding a roster that they can trade for to build a core. Yeah. They plan on having the other pieces in place with a huge question mark by the star player and then just picking up a free agent and going from there.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think they're going to get a significant free agent or a superstar free agent. I, I think personally, until James Dolan's not a little longer the owner of this team. I just think that's just what it is.
1: I think it should be. If you're a player, I don't know why you'd want to play for Dolan, but yeah. the Knicks have been better lately with this core. But at some point, Knicks fans, I get that making the playoffs – is a victory and you could have the parade because your team hadn't made the playoffs for several years. Knicks fans aren't happy with a five game elimination in the first round of the playoffs. At some point you got to actually win a series. Yeah. Well, maybe even two if we're getting crazy here, but I do think that the current roster isn't good enough to win multiple rounds of the playoffs. So yes, you can go for free agents. Yes. You can put your, your eggs in that basket, But I do think if you had a blockbuster trade Mm -hmm. where you would have to end up getting rid of Barrett, maybe even Randall, and you could get back held Damian Lillard. let's throw out a name. Mm -hmm. You don't think
0: they would do it? A hundred percent. Knicks fans would want them to do it. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. They would do it because you finally get a superstar player to come play in Madison Square Garden. And I think at that point, that's where the the free agents or other players would start coming into Madison Square Garden to play alongside Damian Lillard. Right now, there's not that piece there for them. So uh, definitely something to keep an eye out for sure as things start happening and these trade rumors start popping up around the league as we get into the month of December. And What do you think of that
1: fit, though, Brogdon with the Knicks?
0: I like it. I think that, you know, when we were previewing the Eastern Conference before the season started and we heard that Evan Fournier and Kemba Walker were their acquisitions, we knew that there was going to be a significant drop-off on the defensive side of the basketball for them because, number one, yeah, they were really great last season, but when you bring in, like you just said, guys, like, and I agree that Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier that do not play any defense, they were going to fall off at some point, but um, they need a guard. They need some... a a legit point guard like a Malcolm Brogdon or or someone to come in there and kind of set the tone. Like you said, I completely agree with you 100%, but I think Brogdon would be a good fit on any contending team, honestly, to say, to say the least. But I think New York is, is a pretty good fit for him also where he would have the ball in his hands and also be that playmaker next to Julius Randle.
1: I think the dream fit for the Knicks would be like a DeJounte Murray, but I don't think that he's available right no, now.
0: No, no, no. No, absolutely not. I think that he's doing really well, especially uh now this season for sure uh, with the San Antonio Spurs. Scott, let's take a quick break here. We'll come back and we'll get into our player props for the Wednesday night schedule. College football championship weekend is behind us, but bowl season is almost upon us and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet for tickets to see your favorite team play in their bowl game this winter because TickPick that's T-I-C-K P-I-C-K is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go to for all tickets for NCAA football, NFL concerts, NBA, and more. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their college football tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price visit tickpick today at slash sgp that's slash sgp ready to win money and boost your odds win bet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee and Virginia we're bringing the excitement of win las vegas to online sports betting and casino play exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. WinBet has some brand new bonuses. New users can bet $1 and win $100 on any sport, Plus, you can get up to $1,500 as a free bet on WinBet, if you make a first deposit of $20 or more. Whatever your first wager is, WinBet will match it up to 200%. If you bet $100, you'll get a $200 free bet. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today and to receive a special offer risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. We're also brought to you by Price Picks. Price Picks is an easy way to play daily fantasy. It's daily fantasy simplified. You pick 2-5 to five players and an over and under on their projections and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Use promo code SGP and receive a 100% deposit match up to $100. It's just you versus the projected numbers. PrizePix has a ton of stats to choose from including yards, receptions, touchdowns, fantasy points and more. PrizePix allows mixed entries, so you can take the over on LeBron's points combine it with the under on Patrick Mahomes, yardage and the same entry. PricePix offers every sport you can think of like NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, MLB soccer, MMA, and more. Pricepix has an award-winning, easy-to-use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play Store. PricePix is 4.8 star rated in the App Store with rave reviews. Price Picks can be made in entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy, guys. PricePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. PricePix.com, promo code SGP. Check it out for yourself, guys. It's really fun to use. I use it on the daily for NBA and NFL. PricePix.com, promo code SGP for that 100% deposit match. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. If you're not using PropSwap, then you're missing out. PropSwap is America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Bets. You can find the best odds in the country because you're buying directly from other bettors. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will double it up to $500. Double the cash means double the odds. If you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. Sellers across the country list their sports bets for sale and thousands of buyers use PropSwap every day to find the best odds on futures, props, and parlays. The average prop swapper makes $500 a month just buying and selling sports bets on PropSwap. Get started today by going to propswap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. All right, coming off of the break, 13 games tonight in the NBA. We're going to kick it off with our player props, Scott. I'll give you the floor first, sir. Uh, What's your first player prop for tonight?
1: So we talked about the Bulls earlier, and we briefly mentioned their matchup against the Cavaliers. I'm going to look at at a spot here for Cleveland starting center, Jared Allen, and I'm going to go with a little bit of an unorthodox prop. I'm taking over one and a half blocks at plus 125. Uh, Plus money for Jared Allen blocks. I kind of have to take it by default. You go by the minutes that he's played lately. He's played at least 31 minutes in each of the last eight games. So he's heavily involved in this team with or without Mobley in the lineup. He should play 30 plus minutes in this game, maybe even more. If a minus two and a half spread indicates this game will be close throughout the entire game. But he has recorded at least two blocks in each of the last four games. We know he's one of the best rim protecting bigs in the league and Chicago. Chicago is really not afraid of attacking the rim for better or worse because Chicago is allowing 5.6 blocks per game, which is the sixth most in the league. So I do think with all the slashers, yes, DeRozan's out. But still, we know Levine and company like to attack the basket. I think that Allen should have a lot of opportunities to come over and help defense and to punt a couple of shots into the fifth row. One and a half blocks for one of the best rim protectors at plus 125. I have to take it.
0: Yeah, Jared Allen. I'm not. I'm not going to argue against any props on Jared Allen because I have one also on him for tonight. So I think this might be a great DFS play uh, for Jared Allen. Uh, I mean, I think on every single night, but I think in particular tonight. Just I think because you said it's a plus matchup tonight because there is not much of a front court for the uh, Chicago Bulls, and again, this the numbers and the stats. And, the, and if you look at his game log, he's absolutely filling up the stat sheet uh, for the uh, for, for the. Um, for the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, which kind of leads into mine. And I'm taking, I'm going to be uh, traditional just take his rebounds and points to go over 27 and a half tonight. And for the reasons that we mentioned that Allen plus matchup tonight against the bulls who pretty much do not have a front court. Yeah. Vucevic, but I don't think he's going to be able to contain either Evan Mobley or Jared Allen tonight. Um, Allen has crushed his number in eight out of the last nine games for the Cavs. the bulls defense, Against the center position, is allowing 25.7 points and 14.7 rebounds per game this season. If you just kind of look at what um, Jared Allen has done over the last nine games, he's just absolutely crushing the number um, on this point and rebounds. Last game against the Milwaukee Bucks, 25 and nine. Previous game, he fell a little short with Utah, but Rudy Gobert was there. But against Washington, 28 and 13, 19 and 11 against the Heat, uh, 28 and 14 against the Dallas Mavericks. So uh, I think that he should have his way tonight for the Cleveland Cavaliers against the Chicago Bulls. He's one of those
1: players who you seem like you notice every year as being a serious contender in your mind for most improved player. I was just going to there's a 0% <laughs>
0: chance he's going to actually win the award. Yeah. But shouldn't he be in the running? He's been unbelievable. Just as you were talking about the uh, blocks uh, prop for him, I pulled up the most improved player odds for him. He's sitting at 45 to 1 right now, and there's players that in front of him that I don't think that should be there, but I guess because he is in that Cleveland market, maybe that's what's kind of...
1: Yeah, nobody's going to vote for him because that involves watching Cleveland play, but if you just go by the numbers and how he's performed, he's performed like arguably a top 10 center in the league.
0: Yeah, I mean, 17 points and 11 rebounds. That's not something to slouch about. I know there was a lot of backlash for Cleveland giving him that contract. I think he's certainly living up to that for sure.
1: Yeah, you have yourself a front court for the next decade with him and Mobley. That, that's
0: going to be a well, large, decade, maybe a bit strong because one of them might leave. But you get the point. Yeah, I think that is, that's going to be exciting, at least for the next, what, three to four five years for uh, between him and Mobley. If so. they stay
1: healthy, that's a playoff
0: team. With Sexton and Garland and everyone assuming that you don't get
1: serious injuries. I know Sexton's out now. Yeah. That's a team that could easily make the playoffs.
0: I think so too. I think that only thing that's kind of uh well, not having Colin Sexton, but I think that if they're able to figure something out with that backward, they should, they could sneak into as a seven or eight seed into that playing tournament for sure. And They maybe mm-hmm. sneak in as a seventh or eight seed. Uh let's get to your yep. next player prop. Uh, Scott, what do you got? So I'm gonna go to one of our favorite players to talk about on the show.
1: It's gonna be Shea Gilders Alexander. And I'm looking at his point total, and it is 21 and a half. I like the over at minus 106. Just going through the volume that he's had for the last couple of games, he's attempted at least 20 shots in each of the last three games. The crazy part is he's also attempted at least 15 free throws in each of the last two games. In his last three games, he's averaging 30.3 points per game. And Toronto ranks tied for 17th in defensive efficiency. Now, is Oklahoma City a good team? No. But they know what their offense is, and it involves Gildas Alexander having the ball on pretty much every single possession. 21.5 for a guy who's taking 20-plus shots a game and 15-plus free throws in the last two games. I don't know how I, ha- I have to take the over. 21.5
0: is way too low. If you had told me that he's playing in Toronto tonight where he was born, that's all you probably need to tell me that he's probably going to probably show out tonight uh, being back home in Toronto to take on the Raptors. But yeah, we were talking about this on the NBA Gambling Pod this morning. Also that I think that, yeah, Shea Gilkis Alexander tonight should have a big game uh, for the Thunder and possibly also Luke Dor. Both of those guys are from Canada, but you being the sharp guy and smart mind, looking at the stats that are backing this up, I can't argue that because I've been on a guy that's – or I've been on Shea, uh, Shea props all season long. And, you know, when he's playing, he gets the minutes. Like, he had, there hasn't been a single game this season, I think, for except for two where he's played less than 30 minutes. And like you said, over the last three games, he's getting uh, not only the shot volume, but getting to the free throw line over his last two games and absolutely crushing, uh, at least in the last two games, getting over uh, – 30 or more points in the last two games. He had 39 against the Rockets and then 30 against the Pistons the other night. So going back home, I think it's just extra motivation tonight for Shea Gilkis-Alexander. For my next one, I'm going to go over to that, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks uh, visiting the Miami Heat tonight. I'm taking Bobby Portis, over eight and a half rebounds. Portis has been on an absolute tear rebounding the basketball uh, for the Bucks this season, obviously because Brooke Lopez is out. He's kind of stepped up and taken on that role. Um, but over the last couple weeks, he's grabbed double-digit rebounds um, in, in, I think, nine out of the last 11 games. He's grabbed double-digit rebounds in three straight games uh, for the Bucks. I know two out of the last three games were without Giannis, but in the game against the Cavs uh, in their last game among, amongst that tall lineup that we just talked about with Evan Mobley and Jared Allen and with Giannis playing, he still grabbed 16 rebounds in that game. The Heat, we know, are without Bam. And over the last seven days, the Heat are allowing opposing centers and power forwards to grab 16.2 and 13 rebounds, respectively, to those positions. Bobby Portis has consistently been playing 25-plus minutes in seven straight games, so I think that he will continue to be a force on the rebounds for tonight for the Milwaukee Bucks. And asking him to get nine or into double digits is not a tall order, so I'm taking Bobby Portis over eight and a half rebounds here.
1: Yeah, I think that he's got a good shot to do that. I thought about taking either him or Giannis over in rebounds, but I ended up getting scared off because even though the spread is six and a half, Mm -hmm. I do think that game has a ton of of blood potential. Yeah. Just because of the fact that Miami, of course, is missing Bowler and missing out of bio. Mm -hmm. Miami killed Milwaukee in the first game of the season. And we know that Milwaukee is a team that, kind of hold some grudges every now and then when it comes to facing off against teams that have embarrassed them in the past. Mm. This does seem like a spot where Milwaukee sees an injured team that has really, I don't want to say own them because they swept Miami in the playoffs last year, but they've had some ups and downs with yeah, Milwaukee might rub it in a little bit and win this game by 30. Yeah, I think so too, but um... it wouldn't surprise me. So I do think Portis has a good shot to get there. I got scared off on the potential of Milwaukee coasting and benching people in the second half
0: blowouts where uh, props go to die if you're on the over, but uh, hopefully uh, Portis can get this done by maybe the third quarter, midway through the third quarter against the Miami heat tonight. Uh, Scott, let's get to your last one, man. What do you got?
1: So for this one, I went really, really off the board. I got an Orlando magic player with an over. So I'm living dangerously tonight. I got Franz Wagner over three and a half assists at plus 135. And simply put, this line makes absolutely no sense. Uh, If you're going through Wagner's numbers, he's recorded at least four assists in each of the last seven games. Sacramento ranks 25th in defensive efficiency. We know that with Gentry as the coach, the defense has gotten arguably worse. And Sacramento over the past two weeks have been even worse defensively because the Kings have allowed at least 115 points in five of their last six games. But three and a half assists for a guy who's had at least four in pretty much every game for the last two, three weeks, plus 135. I, I have to take it. I don't care what your name is.
0: I Yeah, I can't argue that. I, this is probably something the, the bookmakers uh, screwed up on, and I agree with your, your handicap there that – I'm looking at his at his uh box score or his uh game log right now yeah he randomly right. gets assists even though yeah, Orlando
1: does. scores like less than 100 points in every game he yeah, always yeah. has four or five assists in every game
0: and no uh, you're not asking him to get an astro- astronomical number here you're only asking him to get four which he's done like you said over the last what seven games here so i do like it i think that i want to get your thoughts on this game quickly is that we just talked about the bulls and the Cavs game where the Cavs will have the advantage inside do you think this it's a similar situation. I mean, not the quality of players for the Magic, but do you think that this is a plus matchup inside for the uh, Orlando Magic with Wendell Carter, Mo Bamba, Franz Wagner against lack of uh, inside presence for the Sacramento Kings?
1: Well, just to sum up how bad the Kings are, they're arguably using Mo Harkless as their starting power forward. That's not exactly a good recipe for success in the year of 2021. So I do th- think Orlando should have success on the boards. I like Holmes as, as a uh, center. I do think if you're looking for another rebound prop, I don't mind Holmes there, maybe for a double-double. But I do think Orlando will keep this game close. Do I like this team at all? No, Orlando's terrible. We all know that. But Sacramento's a team that... I I don't want to say that they underperform because this is kind of par for the course for the Kings for the last, what, 15 years? Yeah, But they're not a good team either. And Mm -hmm. I do think when your defense is that bad, you can lose to anybody. But an Orlando Magic game has a total of 222, which tells you all you need to know about how bad Sacramento's defense is. <laughs> My logic was, if Orlando's usually scoring somewhere in the high 90s and Wagner's still getting at least four assists, if you can bump that up to 107, mm-hmm. maybe 110 if you're lucky, and you get an extra 10 baskets, maybe eight baskets, that adds a couple of extra assist opportunities.
0: Yeah, I can't argue that. I mean, I think that I do think this is going to be a high-scoring game tonight. I like you said, I don't think the Sacramento defense is very good. They've been average over the last five games, but if you're kind of looking at their season-long uh, season-long stats, I, I think that Sacramento is very not a very good defensive team. They're number 26th uh, in the entire season with a rating of 111.1, which is down there with Orlando, with New Orleans, Charlotte, and uh, Portland. So, uh, not going to argue that, especially at plus money for Franz Wagner. Uh, for my last player prop, I am going over to that Denver and the New Orleans Pelicans game. I'm taking Aaron Gordon over 13 and a half points. Well, so the Nuggets are dealing with a lot of injuries and guys are going to be gone for the rest of the season. We know this information already. I think there's going to have to be guys. They're going to have to step up uh, outside or to help Jokic. And that's going to have to be Aaron Gordon. That's going to have to be Will Barton. And Gordon, is, I think he's starting to embrace that role for the Nuggets. Gordon has gone over 14 points in four of the last five games for the Nuggets, and he's consistently playing well over 30 minutes per night. And that shot volume is slowly creeping more and more every single night. I know the other night he only had four attempts, but I think that he's consistently starting to get into 10 to 11 to 12 attempts per game. Um, And I think that getting over... You know, asking him to get 14 or more points tonight isn't a big stretch. So I'm going to go Aaron Gordon over 13 and a half points against the Pelicans defense tonight, which, again, not one of the great defensive teams. They're number 28 season long. And if we look over the last five games here, the uh, Pelicans are number 29 with a rating of 120.9. So I think Aaron Gordon should have some success against this uh, Pelicans team tonight. Um, take it on the Denver Nuggets.
1: I think he should. The issue I have with Aaron Gordon's, the fact that it took everyone getting injured for him to realize he has to shoot the ball more than five times a game. Yeah. So yeah. I do think he should blindly take at least 12 shot attempts per game on this current roster. So whether or not you have been waiting for him to start doing that on his own or whether it's because of everyone's getting injured, he should take more shots. And I do think that you're starting to see that. So yeah, I like that play as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's only averaging 13.8, uh, 13, 13.8 uh, points per game so far this season, but uh, you know, last game against Chicago 16, uh, mm-hmm. I guess, I guess New York, he only had four, but then Orlando, he had 12, 11, you know, 10 against Milwaukee. So slowly, slowly, he's starting to take more shots. And again, the minutes are there. He's, Logged 35 plus minutes in four of the last five games so hopefully can get over that number tonight uh for his player prop and uh cash me a ticket scott let's take one final break here bud we'll come back we'll get into best bets and some final thoughts for the nba schedule tonight so we'll be right back after we hear from our sponsors better fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on matchups you can cash out for gift cards when your bet hits and even help raise money for charity along the way. It's a brand new company looking to grow their early adopter community. It's a slick app and it's really fun to use. One of the reasons we love it is that they also offer prop betting. So if you're in a state that hasn't legalized gambling yet, you can get in on some prop bets on Better Fantasy. Plus they have some added a really, really cool bonus guys. If you can get your entire league to join Better Fantasy, they'll give the league a $150 gift card to get a sick ass trophy from trophysmack.com the app is totally free to play download the app today for iphone and android check them out today at betterfantasy.com slash sgpn that's b-e-t-t-o-r fantasy.com slash sgpn Since when did sports betting become so rigid? Sports betting is meant to be social. When I picture betting, I picture bootleggers with mustaches tossing bets around in a speakeasy. SoBet is taking the social lineage of betting and putting a modern twist on it by providing a modern platform. SoBet is changing the game with their new product. Head over to SoBet.io and create an account to see for yourself. Through their fully functioning and free web application, you can access a demo of their app which will launch next fall. The app includes consensus lines from Vegas, a feed of what other people are betting on, and the ability to send friendly wagers to anyone you know via text, QR codes, and links, among other methods. No money is transacted on the app. It is purely competitive. Next time you're with your friends or watching sports, turn the dial up a notch. Go to SoBet.io and see who can hit the most ridiculous bets. Users have the ability to place bets off Vegas odds or generate a bet by changing any metric they want as long as somebody is on the other side to accept. Let's get back to the roots of betting with SoBet. Go to SoBet.io slash SGPN. That's SoBet.io slash SGPN today to join the revolution. And guys, make sure to check out prizepicks.com. It is really, really fun website and it's really great for betting on your favorite uh, players, their stat projections that go over or under, make sure to go to prizepicks.com, get signed up today, and make sure to get that 100% deposit bonus by only using the promo code SGP. You're not going to get that 100% deposit bonus without using that promo code SGP. I highly recommend it to all my friends and listeners who have contacted me about this. Go to prizepicks.com and use that promo code SGP. And finally, the SGPN app is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to all of our picks and podcasts. Don't forget to toss up an app review and download the SGPN app today. All right. Coming off of the break, let's get into our best bets for tonight. Scott, I'll let you go first here. What's your best bet for uh, the NBA player props tonight?
1: So it was between uh, Gilbert Alexander points over and Wagner assists. Best bet's going to be Wagner and it's just because of the fact that it's plus 135. Yeah, Best bets doesn't always mean the one that you think is going to cash the most frequently, Mm -hmm. but it's the one that you have to bet based on the odds that you're getting. At least that's my interpretation of best bets. And for this one, you have a guy who's gone over this number in seven straight games, and it's plus 135. I I don't really know what more I have to add there. Sacramento's defense being awful is the cherry on top of the Sunday for me. Now, Wagner, of course, is still a rookie, and that's always going to be dangerous, and he's not always going to have the ball in his hands. Yeah. But if you're going over for two, three weeks straight, and oddsmakers are just handing you plus 135,
0: you have to take it, don't you? Yeah, you do. I mean, especially like you said, I think that if you told me that he's hit it in, what, seven straight games, you said? Yeah. Uh, At plus money, and now it's starting to move. We said plus 135. I'm starting to see it move towards plus 130, plus 125 now, so... Um, yeah, you got to take that, man, especially at plus money, especially when you've done the seven games in a row, um, for my best bet, I think Jared Allen's the obvious one here, but um, Aaron, um, yeah, I'll stick with Jared Allen, man. He's been on a tear as of late and actually throughout the whole season for the, uh, Chicago, sorry for the Cleveland Cavaliers again, should have his way tonight. I don't think there's anybody there to contain Jared Allen tonight. He should have a big night scoring the basketball should have a big night uh, rebounding the basketball. So I'll take the obvious one on Jared Allen, over 27 and a half points and rebounds uh, against the Chicago Bulls tonight. Scott, any other thoughts for the NBA tonight? Uh, maybe a play that you're maybe looking at a, ba- a bonus, maybe a side or total play you want to give out? Well, I already mentioned the Warriors uh, yeah, 13 that's and a half yeah. because it's kind of like
1: taking candy from a baby. I don't know how you really don't fade Portland yeah. against the best team in the league because Portland already – had one of the worst road records in the league, and now they're also without McCollum. So Mm -hmm. have fun losing by 50. Uh, But for every other game on the card, I find the... First of all, I find the Pelicans line fascinating against Denver because 2.5 does seem a little bit short at first glance. Yeah. So I am curious if that's a trap line Mm -hmm. and if New Orleans is... I don't want to say live because they're only plus two and a half, but it seems like they're just expecting Denver to no show and they're daring you to take the nuggets. So I am kind of curious about that one. The Knicks plus five, I think is interesting because I know they played last night. They kind of coasted to an easy win. Yeah. Portland just announced
0: they're basically trading everybody. Yeah. Why would you want to lay points with Indiana? Yeah. And that's what we like. We were talking about NBA game pod this morning is that, yeah, we mentioned that Knicks were on the back to back and, like, what's the motivation for the Pacers, or is this a hey, we don't give a, we don't give a shit anymore? That hey, report came out that we are going to get traded, and are we? Is this is a rallying cry, or like you know, whatever, we're done with this team. We
1: I get that on. you're supposed to be a professional, but just in general, if you were in a situation where you were on a team or you're with a company mm. and you knew that they were trying to get rid of you, would you really try as hard as you were before you found out they were trying to trade you? Of course not.
0: Yeah, and, and that was – yeah, that's the thing that we talked about. So glad you brought that uh, line up because I think that was one game that I said I was going to stay away from for sure, but uh, definitely will be interested to see how the kind of Pacers – what the mentality is for them kind of going – not only tonight, but going forward and and when these trades kind of happen for the Pacers. I, I
1: do think one play, though, that I have to mention quickly before we wrap up. Yeah. I don't know how I avoid taking the over in the Sixers-Hornets game <laughs> because it was two fourteen 14 last time they played – Charlotte was missing everybody anyway. Does it even matter who plays for Charlotte? They just walk into games in the two forties.
0: Yeah. And, and the thing that I brought up was that the, the Charlotte Hornets over the last five games are the number one offensive efficiency, uh, efficient team, but they're also number 30 dead last in defensive efficiency at one twenty seven point seven. The crazy part is them being number one offensive. Their net rating is still minus uh, minus four for this team. So um, the only concerning part is, is Joel, oh, I, Joel Embiid dropped 43 of the 127 they scored, but um, it, it, the, the thing for me is that if Tyrese Max is going to be able to go tonight, that just adds more firing power for the Philadelphia 76ers. So. I'm
1: just saying, when you go through the actual schedule for Charlotte, mm-hmm. you can just look at the fact that each of the last six mm-hmm. games for Charlotte have had at least 248 points. Total is yeah. 215. Yeah.
0: I can't, I can't I, argue. I don't know. You can't take an under, that's for sure. Let's just say that.
1: I'm taking the over. Now, usually yeah. for a rematch, the immediate rematch, you see a lower scoring game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. you could take 20 points off the top. I don't give a damn. It's still going over.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> the numbers are looking like it's still too low uh, for that game tonight between those two teams. It's funny because, again, they're missing probably their two or they're missing two of their best guards and or best players in Rozier and uh, LaMelo Ball. So. Well, they
1: burned me. I took it the team total under for Charlotte against Atlanta mm-hmm. on that premise. I was hoping that the offense would regress. I, I was going to dare Ish Smith and Kelly Oubre to give them 30-something solid minutes, and they scored 130 points. So they kicked my ass, but I wa- I'm aware of how good Charlotte is pace-wise and how much they score, Yeah, but you always have to assume they're going to regress as soon as their best players are out. Yeah. Yeah, they haven't given a damn. They just keep scoring 120-plus points, so I'll keep
0: riding the overs. Yeah, and it's still have guys I can score outside those two guys, right, with Miles Bridges, Gordon Hayward, uh, uh, Kelly Oubre. Can we get uh, Booknight just... more minutes? Yeah, I think – yeah, he what, He played 11 last game.
1: Yeah, he had the putback dunk, which was very nice, but you yeah. drafted him top
0: 10. Can we see him play a bit more since most of your guards are out? Yeah, hopefully tonight he gets more minutes. Definitely, I will want to watch him play mm-hmm. more for sure. Uh, Scott, that's going to bring us to the end of the NBA player props for Wednesday uh, night. Hopefully we can uh, have a profitable night for sure. Uh, let the people know where they can find you and what you're working on, man.
1: So you can find me at Reichel Radio, R-E-I-C-H-E-L Radio on Twitter. Besides that, of course, doing every Wednesday uh, the prop cast. So I, you'll hear me here every week. Besides that, doing some guest appearances on the NBA gambling podcast, the fantasy football podcast, etc., and doing a lot of podcast editing. So I'm editing either this one, the golf gambling podcast, the uh, the uh, NBA gambling podcast, etc. So I'm keeping busy there. And on top of that, also got the fantasy football rankings every single week, as well as some articles. It's probably the last week of your regular season. Yep. I'm personally in a winner go home game. So I'm not exactly thrilled by it, but if you want some last minute help there, I put out an FAB waiver wire guide for week 14.
0: Yeah, definitely check it out. It's a win or go home for maybe a lot of people uh, or players that may, may need to pick up for the playoff run. So definitely check out, All the fantasy football stuff happening on the website uh, as far as the podcast and the content that Scott and the guys are putting out every single week for your fantasy football teams. Mm -hmm. Scott, thank you so much for joining me, man. It's a pleasure, as always, talking hoops with you. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. With that being said, guys, we will be back uh tonight for the prop cast for the thursday night football so look out for that dropping probably tomorrow um and then again we will be back for the nba prop cast and player props on friday with will rivera and uh we nfl week 12 player props on friday as well with that being said guys thank you so much for joining us um let's break the books off and let it ride